0: Everybody, this is Chandler, and this is Chris. This is Justice, and you're listening to X Reads Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, Justice. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Joey, I love that you jumped in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Well, yeah, we have Justice Boils on the show from Short boxed We are here with episode seventy-seven. This is an exciting episode for me because I love Short boxed It's a cool app that I use and like dream about buying a lot of slab comic books and haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. But Justice, why don't you just give us a little rundown about what Shortbox is if people aren't familiar? Yes, inform me.
1: Yes, short Shortboxed. We are an app. We are a marketplace. We are a platform. We are trying to build the best possible place to buy and sell traded comics. We're trying to make it easy, trying to make it safe, trying to make, you know, just the whole process of buying and selling these great comics smooth and easy and trustworthy. So many of the avenues to get slabs and get these titles today can seem scummy, can seem dangerous, can seem cumbersome. We're trying to get rid of all of that. We're a community-first platform. We started as a community. Our founders started as, you know, just collectors on their own right, trying to get passes into Comic-Con, and then eventually they're like, wait, we could build a better platform space for this kind of stuff than some of the bigwigs. So that's what they've been doing. I've been here for five months now, and I'm loving every minute of it.
0: Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I have my account and I have my favorites folder and I go and check back on. Usually they sell because the product does not live on Shrubbox long. So if you guys see something you want, I recommend making an offer or just buying it. And yeah, as Justice said, it's a super easy app to use. I I signed up and I was really straightforward about how it all works. And you guys do these kind of like weekly or monthly giveaways. And I'm always signing up for whatever it is because I want (laughs) to win it
1: Ooh, i love giveaways i mean What's that it's, about? it's nice that you bring that up uh like i said we're very community first community oriented that's who we care most about and who we want to appeal to and who we want to connect with uh we do have just introduced a save search feature so you know you can even just kind of t- type in random x-men save searches and just kind of see what pops up because you know like chandler said it's not you know uh stuff doesn't stay on too long it yeah. does move. Uh, but yes, we love to engage with the community. We have active giveaways and trivia contests on discord. We have, we're trying out more live sales on Instagram. We've got a TikTok available. We're really trying to hit every channel and just connect with, you know, anybody who's got a healthy love for the hobby and wants to just connect with us. We want to hear you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love the collaborator, collaborators you work with on, uh, on Instagram. I see the DC Comic Queen. I don't know her real name, but that's what she goes by. She's fantastic. Yeah. I love her content and everything that's shared. And the Mark Nerdy AF guy. Yeah, anyways, yeah. I, I really like these kind of Instagrammers that you're collaborating with to kind of build that community. And that's kind of what made me super excited to have you on the show. Because we are also part of the community and, and, and love what Shortbox has built. Well, a little bit about us just because in case some people are tuning in might not know what X reads is so X reads is a podcast dedicated to recapping a single issue every episode, it can become from any era as long as from the X men universe and we go cover to cover, including the ads, and often with amazing special guests just like justice. And yeah, we we talk with comic book creators, comic book uh, artists, we have celebrities, all sorts of types on the show, because everybody has a different era of especially in X-Men. It's been around for a long time. So we have been all the way in the 70s. We've been in current day. We have been all over the map. And so it's a lot of fun. Uh, If you guys love X-Men comics and you want to go single issue by single issue in our episodes, it's, it's really, really fun. A lot of people like to get uh, Marvel Unlimited and read along with us so that they can kind of, wa- or they, may, they might have the issue themselves. I've had a lot of people reach out saying, oh, when you announce that you're gonna be doing this issue, I go into the stacks and get the one that you guys are gonna do so I can read it." Oh, nice, yeah. very cool. So how were you introduced to the X fandom? Like what, what makes you an x spin fan?
1: You know, I mean, if you don't know by my name being Justice, I've kind of been born and bred into a superhero world. Um, i a 90s kid you know so i feel like my first introduction was probably the animated series um something i've also gone back pretty recently and still think it holds up quite well got a lot of quality content there uh but as i've been thinking about it yeah i love the cartoon It's what i would love to talk about with on the playground with my friends uh and then the you know 2000 movie i feel like i vindicated all of that and i'm like oh Yes, now it's real, now it's everywhere. Yes, everyone loves the X-Men now. So, uh, just as long as I can remember, I've loved the X-Men. They're probably my favorite superhero group. I don't know, I just, I no other superhero story turns the gears in my head like the X-Men quite do.
2: Well, tell me this then, who is your favorite X character? Who resonates with you the most?
1: My go-to is Colossus. Uh, You guys can't see it, but on the back of my laptop is a nice uh, Colossus sticker framed across the the back of my steel book. He's kind of who I always go to. I always like the big, strong, stoic, silent types, the guys that are kind of holding in a little bit more creativity and love than they can express, the guys who have to put on the brave face and do the hard things that the other people don't really want to, but for the sake of the other people, uh, I do love him. Iceman's another one of my favorites. Cyclops is probably my number two, and we're going to be talking a lot about him today. So I'm very excited to, to get into the weeds of Scott Summers. Um, but I think those are probably my top three, but it, it's, the number three spot changes quite a bit.
0: Perfect. Now, since we're going to be talking about the X-Men in San Francisco with X-Men Schism number four, my question to you is are you uh, team Utopia, Genosha, or Krakoa?
1: Oh, yes. All of these, I guess these the X-Men live. It's gotta be Krakoa. Just in that I think it really is just the culmination of so many decades of X-Men storytelling. I, I don't I don't love the name. But damn it, if everything else about it just isn't perfect,
2: Krakowa. I'm with you on that. I, I just love the idea of an <laughs> island that's alive and takes care of you, and you take care of it. <laughs> right out with the land. Yeah, it Krakoa <laughs> provides. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: um, you picked X Men Schism number four for us to recap. Now, why four? Well, first of all, tell us what do you love about Schism overall, but why number four specifically?
1: Schism. I'm going to try to, to go into a little bit of background, but, you know, uh, I was, this is 2011, so I was in college when this book came out, and I probably wasn't reading a whole lot of superhero stories at the time. I was probably very involved in the X-Men in high school, reading the Ultimate X-Men, reading the runs up and then, um, but in college I found myself reading more adult graphic novels, more like Preacher, Why the Last Man, image titles, Oni Press books the Sandman series. And so I was kind of really broadening my horizons. And I didn't really come back until, I want to say 2013, when I started reading Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder. And I feel like that was a point that really brought me back into superhero comics. And from, I feel like 2013 to 2017, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on just about every title that was going on in the Marvel universe. Uh, So I felt really keyed in, in those years um but Jason Aaron is a writer I really love I really respect he's kind of what brought me back into superhero stories and this schism event is written by him and so I always you know put that on a pretty high pedestal um as well as this being kind of the quintessential not a quintessential story in San Francisco but one of the stories set in San Francisco um and I also just chose it because it's the Scott and Logan breakup album it's so juicy there's so much melodrama uh and issue number four is just the penultimate chapter of that and it's just i can tell how hard they want that tony stark versus captain america you know blasting the shield image that they want it to be able to to spread everywhere that i just don't think lands quite as well but it's it's entertaining
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So now that you mentioned the breakup album, what's a song that you would have on this playlist?
2: <laughs> oh, yes, what a good question. I love that.
0: I can start because I know I threw you off. Um, I'm gonna yes, put on yes. uh Johnny Cash
1: hurt. Ooh, and make it all slow motion. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's a good one. I don't even now I have just hurt in my head. I felt like I had a, a song coming in, but now I just have the slow melodic tone of Johnny Cash lulling me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like I want to put something from Nine Inch Nails in there. Something oh, yeah. kind of angry. Yeah, something like kind of hole. industrial. Head like a hole. I like it. Let's go with it.
0: That's a I great like one, yes, chris. what what what's a breakup song that you these are these are like hurtful and angry songs, but I'm just curious, yeah, what oh what God. would be on your breakup? I have list? no
2: idea why I was thinking of Dolly Parton that works. for some reason. Give me <laughs> give right. me a Dolly Parton song. It's It can't be Jolene <laughs> because that makes no sense. Yeah, but
0: like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know her her slower sad songs. I, yeah I, all I all of her upbeat stuff comes to my head, but I mean, I know that she definitely has some songs that can probably pull at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you have a song that you want to put on this Scott and Logan breakup
2: list. Oh, my God. Can we make a playlist <laughs> we'll on Spotify? Make, we'll make a Spotify playlist
0: <laughs> that includes these songs. And so, yeah, just tweet at us or find us on social media at x Podcast. You know where to find
2: us. We'll call it the uh, Wolverine and Cyclops schism playlist. Ooh. Ooh. Well, let's set the scene, shall we? Let's do it.
0: So every episode we set the era, we are in November of 20, uh, sorry, we are in November of 2011, and the top film was
2: Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, part one. Wow. Wow. Did did you see this movie, Justice, and what did you think of it?
1: No, I vehemently am anti-Twilight. I was, besides the X-Men, one of the other things I absolutely loved growing up was vampires. Dracula, all the stuff that's involved in that kind of realm and just to have all of that kind of drained out of it and become Twilight is just not appealing to me.
0: (laughs) Now, are you a Comic-Con goer? Like, do you you recall the moment where Comic-Cons flipped because of
2: Twilight? All the Twihards were there.
1: I don't just because I feel like so much of my comic con experiences are rooted in being in San Francisco that I realized that so much of an influx of that kind of group of people would not be out of place. I think I would just see them be like, oh, yeah, that's a whole nother fandom out there. I'm also that's a, an equivalent fandom. I don't respect your work, but I respect what you love. I respect that you, you put in the effort.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I always equate Twilight to eating candy for dinner. I enjoyed the experience of reading it because it was just so sensational or whatever. And then I was just like, oh, but I feel sick that I read. That. <laughs> it's like, I just have this unease of like, I thought I was reading great content. And then at the end of the day, I just had a stomachache.
2: You know, I never in, my, in a million years thought that Edward, the sparkly vampire would turn into the Batman. Yeah, but here we are. 2022 we have a what, lot of what are you gonna we do? have
0: human torch becoming captain america oh yeah hmm. we have human torch becoming killmonger <laughs> we, oh yeah we have all sorts of these heroes <laughs> that are you know having second lives <laughs> all right so top music or the top song of november 2011 was a song called stereo hearts by gym class heroes featuring adam levine
2: Okay, I don't okay. remember
0: this. Tell nope. can, can you sing it? Nothing? I can't. No. no, I can't believe that this was a top hit <laughs> because I was like, I, I don't. Re- <laughs> this wasn't that long ago, 2011, for it to to be a thing. But anyways, that was the top song. So congratulations, gym
2: class heroes! Yeah, way to go,
0: guys.
2: <laughs> the the last little uh, tidbit. Did you know that Minecraft released in 2011? Minecraft the video game it's so popular Mm -hmm. it's massive
0: and I've never played it because I felt like I never could figure it out but I know people love Minecraft have you ever played it
1: I've touched on it here and there um I fear it's one of those games that's just too much freedom for me I, I, I do love an open playground, but I need a little bit of directive, a little bit of a, a container to keep me keep me invested. Uh, just the bits I've played, I'm like, wow, I can dig down forever. I can just keep digging until I hit lava. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I am I'm, I'm a story-driven gamer, so I need story. I love RPGs. I need that sort of structure like you said. I like the free form, especially if it's an open world RPG, that's really difficult for me because I'm like, "No, just tell me where I need to go. I need the narrative, yes. please. What are the stakes? Give me the stakes."
2: <laughs> I feel like it's like Animal Crossing, which I haven't played either. Well, Animal
0: Crossing is different. slightly because i feel like there's distinct characters that you get to interact with um but of course yeah it's all about building your own farm
2: or whatever or place and then people come and visit i guess the thing about minecraft is that there's mods so you can like dress up the little characters as different as anything you want basically yes
0: and there's there's like the zombie or whatever there there can be
1: creepers yeah Yeah.
0: Okay, we're obviously not trained to talk about Minecraft, so we can move on. Now, uh, Justice, you mentioned that you have some commentary about 2011. What what
1: did this year mean to you? Oh, yes. Um, like I said, I mean, I was in college at the time. Um, I probably had just turned 20, actually, now that I think about it, November 2011. Uh, so I just kind of really wanted to set the stage for San Francisco in that era of what the X-Men were coming to, what they were living in. Um, and I just feel like san francisco 11 years ago now at this point uh was still riding high the tech wave without any understanding of the downsides or consequences of that mm. uh still an era before snowden had come out i feel like uh, we're gonna get into it but uh in issue number one i feel like quentin choirs got a very bit of a julian assange vibe but the the kind of flavor of san francisco at the time and why it became such kind of a perfect place for these X-Men, for these mutants was, it's always been a place that has been bred on diversity and different people coming together and just kind of these outsiders building their own families here and really being a big found family city. Uh, But in 2011, tech is still huge and swarming and there's no downsides to it. And there's no big data issues at all. So it does feel like there's a bit of an issue in the, the San Francisco years of X-Men of, isn't it great that we've got this superpowered team in our city? We don't, we're not going to really worry about the fact that there might be giant sentinels walking by, that some of our bridges might get destroyed, all of the nitty gritty stuff we're not going to worry about all we care about is that the highlights are high and we're not going to worry too much about the stuff on the ground. Um, And as much as I love the X-Men, they've never been a street team. They've never been really good about picking up the people on the little places. Uh, And this era of kind of the branding they're going for, what Cyclops is trying to kind of say, I feel like really ties in line with kind of this strange belief, I feel like in San Francisco and perhaps a lot of the, the West Coast, which is, We're doing it right, and you know we're doing it the you know perfect money making way too, and we're making all the money, and we can have this perfect combination of you know outreach and diversity, and money's inflowing, and disruption, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I think it's kind of something that we're seeing play out today in Pride Month with a lot of the the corporatized. Uh, messaging we're seeing today. So I think a lot of that, what we're seeing today was founded in this era of San Francisco. And I think that's kind of why it's almost the perfect place for this era of X-Men.
0: That's fascinating. I love I love the insight. You know, I haven't spent much time in San Francisco so I don't have much much to say about it except after visiting WonderCon. Yeah, WonderCon used to be up there for many years. It oh, did. that was our road it trip did.
2: with me and our friends. Every single year we'd go to San Francisco. That was our big outing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I miss that. I miss Muscone Center. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I, those were my wonder cons. Those were my first cons that I got, went to those were, you know, the first places I picked up these toys or books or slabs, what I grabbed. Um, and I'm still, uh, annoyed that it's near you guys now. So, uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a sore spot for me.
0: Oh <laughs> well, I I would like it to go
2: back to San Francisco. Me so. too. I, I it, was it like I can yeah. get out of uh, the L A area, yeah. An adventure like <laughs> and have the clam chowder in the bowl, you know. Yeah, Alcatraz, the, the pea soup, Anderson. Pea oh soup. yeah, that place is gone. Mm. Oh, day. that oh. close. On the way, there was a famous pea soup place. <laughs> right. Anyway, before we get into
0: the issue, I want to know what was your, what is your favorite slab, and what was the first slab you purchased.
1: I mean, I think maybe my favorite slab I've grabbed right here uh, is X-Men 129. The oh. first appearance of Kitty Pride and Emma Frost. Yes. Um, yes. This one's pretty sweet. That's a I beautiful. Do like a lot. Oh my God. First
0: of all, I have that issue. I ha- we recently got to meet Chris Claremont and he signed that Ooh. issue. Awesome. And I'm very, but it's not an 8.5. <laughs> oh no, it's not an 8. <laughs> Probably into sixes, but it's, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a cherished issue. I
1: love that awesome. issue. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the great ones I like to pull. I'm a huge, uh, you know, what is it? The Astonishing X-Men? Yeah. The, the weed and run on Astonishing X-Men I really loved. And to kind of see the roots of that in this issue are, are really cool. I really appreciate it. And I love Emma Frost.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: 100%. Now, was that one that you showed? Up? Was that the first one or was that your favorite? I, I... That's my favorite. I
1: don't have my first one with me. Um, I'm pretty sure it was probably a Superman title. Um, probably a reprint of, of, I think, Superman one, whichever one where he's like flying, and he's looking down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, probably one of those. I'm sure it was a reprint. No way it was an original or anything like that. But it's just, you know... Uh, as I've kind of alluded to with my, my love of Colossus and kind of his framework, I'm also a huge Superman fan. Uh, I was wearing a Superman shirt right before I changed into my short box shirt. So, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into this issue. We're doing X-Men Schism Part 4. Published in November of four. 2011. Written by and Jason Aaron. art by Alan Davis. Titled Schism Part 4.
2: Uh, well, you know, before we get into the cover of this, can we just give a little tiny like catch up of Schism? Of, of what happened before that led us here oh
0: yeah so schism i mean it was first of all thank you so much for bringing schism to my awareness <laughs> i, not read it. I heard about it and i knew the i knew the bullet points but i hadn't read it and so i read all five issues of the miniseries leading up to this uh this episode that we're recording and yeah i loved it it was it was really cool
2: oh yeah it was uh intense it was a lot of drama the stakes are high mm-hmm.
1: stakes yeah, are yeah. really high
0: Quentin Quire, oh, my God. Just want to punch him in the face sometimes. (laughs) Or all the time. (laughs) Yeah, Wolverine looking so hot in the first issue. And, oh, my God, there was just so much great stuff. I know that you love the Mutant Museum.
2: Oh, yes. They went to a Mutant Museum in the midst of all the chaos of Sentinels being resurrected from the past. And uh, there's fighting all over the world. And all the X-Men are, you know, very engaged in this. Except there's a museum opening for mutants and they're just like, okay, you know what? We're going to go over there. and We're going to party. We're going to show off. And Emma Frost's outfit. Oh my gosh. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it I, it was. was probably one of my favorite versions of her. Um, you know, it barely held together. I don't know how she fought in that thing, but like
0: <laughs> <laughs> questionable of all of her outfits.
2: Yeah. But um, my, my favorite line in that, that I want to do a callback to was when she was like, oh, um, I went through this whole museum and I'm so upset because I'm only mentioned four times and three of the times I was mentioned as a villain. <laughs> just <laughs> like,
0: oh, I just love Emma. Yeah, yeah then in, in this museum scene, there uh, the mutants are attacked. They get uh, by the new Hellfire Club, the Kitty Club as I call them, um, which we have seen seen in the um, the recent issues of X-Men that have been coming out, the Hickman era. Uh, They use these kind of alien slugs to enslave the X-Men and the kids have to save the day. And so it comes down to Oya to use her powers to stop everyone. And we discover that she murders a bunch of people.
2: Yeah.
1: In uh, self-defense, she does not murder anybody. She is Acting in self-defense, uh, perhaps just a little too emphatically, you know. She's still young; doesn't control her powers perfectly quite yet. But you know, she's she's stepping in to save uh, the day when Magneto gets dropped by like a couple of eight-year-olds.
2: <laughs> Was this the first time we ever seen the the Hellfire Kids? I think. And- I think so. I think so. Um, it was a great introduction.
0: Oh yeah, I love them. I feel like we had seen one of them before, or like I think for some reason I recall them in different scenarios, but never in this kind of connected capacity of the new Hellfire Club. But I could be wrong. Gotcha. I could be getting all of our eras messed up because that happens. The continuity. Uh, all right. Do you anything else you want to say about the
2: the lead up to that? Yeah, just that quit Quire is. Um, a douche (laughs) (laughs) going rogue on the X-Men. And, Yeah, the Sentinels are are attacking everywhere, but they're malfunctioning.
0: Yeah, you know what actually I loved about the the issues leading up to number four is the Cyclops and Wolverine relationship. They really solidify them as super close that Cyclops would trust him with anything. You know, that Wolverine, no matter how ornery or angry he is, he is very loyal and he will do what needs to be done. And they had this bond that I thought was just adorable to read leading up to this issue.
1: <laughs> Those are probably some of my favorite dynamics in any sort of fiction is two people that personality-wise don't get along, oftentimes quite the opposite and clash, but underneath it all they would do anything for one another. I love that as an archetype and a dynamic so much, and Scott and Logan is one of my all-time favorites of that kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely. All right, on the cover, we have the gorgeous cover of them fighting. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, Cyclops shooting a big beam at Wolverine's claws coming down at him. And I like the light beam or whatever, the The optic beam Mm -hmm. reflecting off the claws and hitting him in the eye. wolverine's getting a big shot in oh the eyeball. I, I
2: just noticed that that is kind of one of yeah. those things you kind of uh skim over and you don't notice the first time thank you for pointing that out that's intense so yeah they're in a brawl
0: absolutely i just realized that this issue cost 399 and comics still cost 399 at least some of them depends on how big the issue is so uh that has been 11 years of the same price that's
2: pretty epic. don't jinx it what are you doing, <laughs> Taylor, Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I know.
0: But I just I'm so used to like we're like, it was 10 cents. It was 65 cents. It was a dollar twenty-five. And now I just looked down, I was like, three ninety-nine. That's just I just went to the comic book store today. Happy new comic book day, everybody. And and uh yeah, and I know all the all the issues are $3.99. Anyways, moving on. And Justice, any comments on the cover?
1: Cover, no. I mean, like I've said earlier, I feel like this was their attempt to really try to capture that iconic image of Captain America and Iron Man clashing in the Civil War, Mm -hmm. shield versus repulsor bolts. Uh, And and as as much as I said, like I love Cyclops and I tolerate Wolverine, uh, you know, they doesn't quite have that same oomph to it. It's a great detail. But, you know, I don't know what it's missing.
0: I just, but to it's... me, I feel like the optic beam would blast his claws. Like Wolverine's not that strong. I mean, he's a strong guy, but the, that optic beam can punch through like a mountain. So if he's going out, how, how, he has to be Colossus strength in order to keep his arm upright.
2: Well, maybe Cyclops uh, is holding back just a tad.
0: Oh, that's true. Maybe, yeah. You know, I The, warning, a shot, the yeah. warning shot. The warning shot. All right, well, let's open it up. On the inside cover, we have our first... Adam -er. It's Avengers Cree Scroll War. New
2: untold stories. Five all new storylines created by Sean McKeever. Original art by Manuel Garcia and Bob McLeod. Collect the entire 190 card set. So this Ooh. is like when you get nine cards and they would all connect
0: into one big picture. You love that. I love that.
2: <laughs> I love that's like your that. favorite thing in life. With oh cards. my
0: gosh. When the cards connect, I'm a big fan and that's what they're kind of giving us here. It's not like a all nine connect, but it gives me that vibe and I love it. This is from Upper Deck.
1: Okay. Are you guys familiar with any other, uh, uh, besides perhaps the Kree Scroll War? Were there any other interesting events that they may have put into these these cards i've no
0: not that that i know i've I've never seen these cards but you know i mean i've seen trading cards made of past things like especially in the x-men extinction agenda and i've seen the trading card of fatal attraction and Hmm. fall of mutants and yeah anyways there was a fleer
2: ultra 1994 set i'm gonna say that had a lot of this stuff well, I think Upper Deck is coming out with new superhero trading cards, and I'm super excited mm. to buy all of them. Yes. Is that part of Matt Dunford's gig? Yes. Yeah. Matt Dunford, he's the uh, talent coordinator for Upper Deck, and we did a Instagram live interview. So if you want to check that out and you can hear more about uh, trading cards, go to X Reads Podcast. Yes. On Instagram. On Instagram. Yes.
0: <laughs> you had a question there for a second. You're like, is I a podcast? Okay. <laughs> is that our yes. handles? Is that the name of our show? <laughs> All right, let's get into, let's get into it. All right, we are on the island of Utopia. We are they're just kind of coming in after their wild night out at the museum, and Cyclops is having a conversation with Oya, who had to save the day.
2: Can you tell me a little backstory on Oya? Where is she from? Because I I don't believe I remember her from anywhere else except this.
1: I think they'll cut to a panel later in this book. Um, But Oya was part of, like, a group of, I think, five new mutants that had been activated, for lack of a better word. Their X genes had activated um, right after Hope Summers had been born or had come back. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to be, like, the newest, youngest group of X people to come in because everyone else had getting old jubilee's got a kid now you know you can't can't stay young forever so uh oya's from that i believe she's kind of like uh todoroki from my hero she's half hot half cold and you can kind of see it there on her her uniform one side's orange one side's kind of turquoise blue
0: yeah she yeah that part of the new group like you said um we see them in the the next page in a couple panels yeah i'm totally unfamiliar so i i recognize hope summers the blue girl i want to say is that trance is that ringing a bell no i feel like i've seen her and now i'm like totally blanking on who she is and then the guy i can't figure out who the guy is either it's so difficult like and i feel like i just read this whole schism arc and they did not explain who these people yeah, are yeah they didn't give the oh, names yeah. or anything i got them
1: i've got them transonic transonic Velocidad. oya primal and zero oh,
2: mm-hmm. okay.
0: interesting well regardless they are there in utopia
2: <laughs> yeah i think hope needs a fresh cape why is she always running around with that Raticated. The ragged one. <laughs> yeah. It's the one that Cable gave her. So she cherishes it. Okay. You can keep it then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I do, uh, first of all, a big shout out to Alan Davis for penciling this issue. You know, Alan Davis, we love from Excalibur and everything else he's done. He's an incredible artist. So when I saw this issue that he was the penciler, I was super excited. And I just want to give a cu- shout out to this panel of Oya, who she's talking to Cyclops. And she is saying how, I'm not sorry I did it, sir. I just wish I could stop hearing the screams in my head. So she's referring to all the people that she killed in self-defense at the, self-defense. At the museum. But leading up to this moment, she is uh, on the cusp of kind of being a warrior slash killer for the X-Men. You know, she's definitely, getting primed for this and wolverine who is you know the the team killer is just like no you need to go be a girl like i'm gonna yeah. buy he buys her a doll he's just like you need to be a teenager you and know you don't need to be this warrior yet
2: isn't she like 14 i think so yeah that's very
0: young I,
1: I do just want to point out i was rereading that uh just because uh he he gets the doll from kitty pride who in the same exchange says you taught me how to use a sword before i wore a brawl So (laughs) Logan has a history of teaching young girls self-defense, young mutants self-defense for the very harsh realities of the world they'll have to face. Yes. It's a, it's a bit of a pattern of his training young mutants.
0: Yeah. I feel like Wolverine and his girls, like, you know, starting with Kitty and then Jubilee and then it was armor and I guess Oya. And I feel like it's always somebody yeah it
2: It just really shows the softer side of that character you know that he's not just a berserker full of rage that slashes the throats of everything that walks by but you know he's paternal you know he cares he Mm -hmm. he has a heart
1: it's a very good way to put it
2: then we get this really beautiful
0: scene of cyclops looking at a photo of the original five with xavier back in the 60s or whatever the 60s for us (laughs)
2: The, the 60s versions yeah,
0: other outfits. And you see Cyclops kind looking of Looking like a snow cone. <laughs> no, that's Iceman. Oh, Cyclops looking, <laughs> looking like Iceman uh, he's smiling, you know, in the photograph. Yeah. And we get the reflection of the frame and we see current day Cyclops kind of frowning at his smiling
1: self. So good. I just got to say,
2: panel. Professor Xavier's eyebrows are on point. They're like oh, perfect. Yeah. They're like the young <laughs> wisps. Yes, of yesteryear, not the big giant, you know, caterpillars he has as of today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, it's there's not a lot of dialogue in this issue. So I think we usually kind of blow past action scenes or whatever, but we have beautiful art that we can talk about and that moment was really great because I think, I can't remember if the character was Oya in a previous issue was just like, why are they smiling? Like they were literally fighting for their lives and they're posing for the camera. Like it's, you know, a JCPenney's ad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, look at Cyclops though. If you look at the, him looking at the younger version of him, you know his neck is a little bit elongated and he just looks yeah. goofy with that smile. And it just shows that boy, howdy, things have changed since then? Mm-hmm. They're all grown up. <laughs> yeah slim right he was he was called slim before he was called scott
0: yeah. then we uh get an update from dr nemesis who was on the ground with this bomb that the kitty club lit off and it started collecting all this magnetic material forming a sentinel and Wolverine and Dr. Nemesis are trying to take it down with Madison Jeffries. And Madison Jeffries is a mutant who's in the new Sabretooth uh, miniseries, by the way. And he can he can can talk to machines, I guess. I don't quite know cool. his full his full power set, but yeah, he's got technopathy or whatever it's called. I'll take yeah, it. And
2: Dr. Nemesis is using a calculator apparently to, <laughs> to <fit this> monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs>
0: like a tricorder from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Wolverine is trying to slash it apart. Dr. Nemesis using his tricorder, is trying to take it down. And I don't know what Madison is just kind of patting him on the back. You go, boy. Yeah. And then on the next page, we have our next alert. alert! Ooh, Ooh. Two unbeatable forces out to liberate
2: the world. No surrender. No cages. Ooh. Captain America rides to victory on a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. And now you can, too. Visit hd.com slash captain america to pick out a new harley xl 1200 custom motorcycle and enter for your chance to win a vp experience at the home of hd where marvel and harley will help you customize your very own liberator cool wow and we see an image of captain america riding the motorcycle you know in the forest and wait a minute this is an mcu this is, this is Captain America, the first yeah. adventure. Oh, wow. This is phase this is, one. This is the yeah. first phase. Tell us all about uh, your experience with the Captain America movie and or Harley-Davidson, Justice.
1: Um, well, my dad's an avid motorcyclist, has been all my life. Um, I've grown up around motorcycle paraphernalia, Harley-Davidson being one of them. I've also grown up around Captain America paraphernalia. Uh, so... You know, this is a little bit like two two of my worlds combining into one in this ad.
0: Wow, have you ever driven or ridden um, Harley-Davidson?
1: My dad has a Harley that I think is from the year I was born, still sitting in our garage that needs to be fixed up. So um, I've ridden on the back of that probably way back when. I know my mom rode motorcycles when she was pregnant with me and stopped shortly afterwards. So, uh, yeah, sure. Probably ridden on
0: a Harley at one point. Nice. Well, I hope that you get to inherit this amazing motorcycle
2: and maybe you could to oh, ride yeah. it right yourself one day. I love uh, motorcycles. I love the look of them. But to be honest... I, I can't get on one I fall over every time it's like me on a mm-hmm. skateboard I just go whoop, fall like Charlie Brown trying to hit the football really yeah same thing with the motorcycles <laughs> like like even even just trying to do a photo shoot and pose on it I am a klutz oh mm, my god but I I love I think you know if if I had a motorcycle it would be a Harley Davidson and I would definitely go after that liberator of
1: Captain America's all right, would it, um, would it be bad taste to ask for like a hydra paint job on
0: like, <laughs> yeah, my Not allowed, sorry,
1: not allowed. <laughs> All right, so.
0: yeah. So, moving on, we go back to the battle. We've got those three mutants trying to take down this kind of electromagnetic sentinel that is forming and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they cannot stop it. Wolverine gets tombed by a beam and shot into the ocean. I'm going oh, yeah. to
1: I want I want to put the, the flag right here. Um, I feel like this is the bay just judging by the skyline and the direction Wolverine has been tossed into the bay. And and I guess I'll I'll make this the point. One of the things I was really frustrated in seeing this whole X-Men run. And it wasn't just these artists, but Utopia seems to have been put in the geographic location of Alcatraz, which is terrifying to me. Uh, It's fine if they occupy what I always kind of consider the the base of utopia is being near the Farallon Islands, which are small islands off the San Francisco coast about 20 miles. It's a breeding ground for seals, oftentimes great white shark hunting ground. Uh, It seems like kind of always the place that Namor would have built for them to build this utopia on. Mm -hmm. And every time in a situation like this, where I see uh, utopia as being in the middle of San Francisco Bay, one of the largest shipping routes in the world, gives me anxiety. So I just uh, wanna to say that to any listeners, if you're going to build your mutant utopia somewhere in the San Francisco area, please do it off the coast, not in the center of the bay
0: um thank you <laughs> <laughs> yes, i heard i heard you loud and clear yeah i i noticed that too in reading this uh mini series is that the utopia felt very much like an alcatraz and i thought maybe for a minute that they built on top of alcatraz but then i remember no that it was it was supposed to be out a ways and the city was quite quite far away
1: uh but artists, you know, are not always familiar with that geography and and it's just something I, I wanted to go on record. I don't want to you know shame anybody. I do just want to make it clear putting utopia in San Francisco Bay is a horrifying prospect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, um, and even to to say that if the sentinel is going from where I believe this Mutant Museum is, if he goes right to Utopia, it's westbound, it's through the park, there's almost no casualties. If he's going to Alcatraz, it's northeast, he's cutting through the densest part of the city, it's sentinel pain Train. So I do just want to say, it's safer for everybody if Utopia is off the coast.
0: Here, here. let the record state. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, you mentioned the Mutant Museum, where you think yes. it's located, where do you think it's located?
1: Looking at the drawings, I do think it is along with some of uh, the other museums in San Francisco inside Golden Gate Park, right next to the De Young Museum, right next to the Academy of Sciences. I do think it's actually based on the Academy of Sciences. Ah. So, based on that structure and the location of it, if it goes just straight west, it's only park until you hit the beach. Right. Um, and if you go to the bay, it's uh, half the city.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow, good observation. I want to point out that this sentinel that's hitting Wolverine gives me of future past vibes when the sentinel obliterates old man Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, yeah. very reminiscent of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Good
0: call. Good call.
2: So one of the guys on the ground who is kind of defeated is looking up at the sentinel and he realizes that this sentinel is not going after mutants it's going after one target not all the mutants everywhere it's going after utopia does the sentinel have a little skinny
0: mustache
2: no way (laughs) i'm just like i'm like i'm looking
0: at a page and i'm like you know i'm quite a ways away and it looks like he's got just like a little skinny john waters mustache (laughs) (laughs) yeah So yes, it is It is charging through the bay for Utopia. Yeah. And all the X-Men are down because Cyclops sent all his heavy hitters to the museum. And the museum of course they got captured by the Kitty Club. And the Cuckoo sisters are trying to summon any X-Men because Cyclops is like where are my X-Men?
2: I need them back in Utopia now! I just love the Cuckoos so much. I do too. I, I just want them on my team in any battle like, you know, they, they all three say something. They always look like they're in their psychic trance and they're talking about um, the different X-Men around the world that are, you know, doing battle because they're psychically linked everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, Pixie was incapacitated by Sentinels and Danny's team is stranded in Iran you know, storm lost contact and she was actually negotiating um, the shutdown terms with the Chinese government. So she's like, I don't have time for distress calls. Right. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah,
0: because I mean, this is all happened concurrently with um, all of these old sentinels being reactivated because of what Choir did at the United Nations or wherever they were. And yeah, so all these Sentinels got reactivated. So all the X-Men are all over the world separated. And the plan always was to disperse the big team so that they could activate this giant Sentinel to take down Utopia.
2: Well, at least there's two teams currently back in route to Utopia via the Blackbird, so hopefully they get there soon. Yes, but it's gonna uh, take 37 minutes. 37, 37 minutes. That is minutes. not soon enough, you no. guys. No,
0: uh, and Namor, Emma, and Colossus are out for the count. They've got slugs on their face.
2: Oh yeah, because the the Hellfire Kids, they you know decided to get that to subdue them. You know they're yes. alien species. Mm-hmm. Ooh,
0: and then Cyclops does one of his iconic eye beams He's pissed. Oh. He has, he's been set up. Somebody's been planned this, and he walked right into it, and then he unleashes with the iconic screaming eye beam optic blast. Whoa! Fury. Oh,
2: sweat is just dripping down his face. He's using all of his might, and then huh. oh, he's tired. And
0: you think maybe it worked. Maybe he blasted that sentinel in it, into pieces, but then we see the glowing mm. eyes. And it mm. starts emerging
1: out of the mist. I will say that's a very accurate representation of San Francisco, very foggy and misty here. You would not get <laughs> that much visibility.
2: Well, here's something Alan Davis does that's really cool. In this one panel on the next page, we see the uh, shadowy figures of everything in front of Cyclops, the ships, the city, the, the giant sentinel. And it's very ominous.
0: Mm-hmm. And he talks to these new X-Men, Hope Summers, and all the names we mentioned earlier. And
2: he's like, suit up. I need warriors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can do this. Yeah, but Wolverine has a, he is, you know, pulling himself out of the water, drenching wet. His clothes are ripped everywhere and he's very soggy. Yeah. And he's like, no, get these kids the hell out of here, Scott. What are you doing? <laughs> like, they're children. And before we get any further, we have our next ad alert. alert.
0: Now, this is something that Chris loves. So I'm oh my gonna, gosh. Gonna letting him take this. Play. Oh,
2: get that comic book over to me because I love it. It is the Evil Queen from Once Upon a Time. Ooh, and it premieres Ooh. Sunday, October twenty third. Oh my gosh! Okay, so Once Upon a Time was a guilty pleasure of mine because I love Disney, I love fairy tales, and I love apocalyptic mashup stuff. I what Ooh. I really wanted was a new take on fables. Uh, Justice, have you read Fables?
1: Uh, Fables was one of those books in college that I was talking about, one of those ones that kind of kept, pulled me a little bit away from superhero stories and kept me in kind of the larger vertigo, you know, sphere.
2: Mm. Well, we didn't get um, Fables. Fables was a lot more uh, gritty, a lot mm. more adult. And once upon a time, you know, I think wanted to go there, but, you know, they were Disney fied.
1: It's a bit of a similar thing to my Twilight issue where I'm just like, I've got the version I want in my hands of these Fables. You know, if you're not going to be able to deliver me that on the screen, I'm probably not interested.
0: Speaking of, I'm surprised we have not gotten a Fables adaptation. They adapt every single comic book property. And Fables is probably all public domain characters. And I feel like why no one has taken that story. I mean, they made a really great video game out of it called Oh, Wolf The Wolf of, of Mongas. Yeah that's amazing so if you guys don't know fables and you don't want to get into reading a whole new series i understand go play wolf among us it's a choose your own adventure style video game and it will basically make you realize why fables is so fantastic
2: yeah
1: and yeah it's a prequel it'll set the stage for you
2: exactly and the protagonist is uh the big bad wolf who's a detective and he's in human form and he's basically wolverine so exactly Mm -hmm. If you want to see Wolverine as like, you know, a detective in fairy tale world, then Fables is for you. But before we flip uh, on Once Upon a Time, I just got to say that actress who played the evil queen was so good. She was so juicy. That was my my one of my favorite characters in the show. And I'm so glad that she gets to appear as our advertisement. Okay. moving (laughs) on.
0: As you said, Wolverine is climbing out of the bay because he got blasted by the Sentinel on the other side. And yeah, obviously, if they were out in the ocean, he wouldn't get to the island that fast, especially with metal no. bones all, all over his
2: body. <laughs> and is he still wearing his shoes? Like, did he kick his shoes off? Is he bare? No, nope. shoes are still on. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> huh. But yeah, the Sentinel, you know, it is still a distance away. It's not on top of the island just yet. So it gives Wolverine and Cyclops enough time to get into each other's faces.
1: It does look like it has ripped apart that ship 122 though. So this Sentinel is not just a menace to mutant kind. It has now started destroying property. This is a full scale threat, everybody. Yeah, probably with a human crew. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I see some people on a dinghy, some life raft, I'm hoping everybody made it off, but oh no, there's somebody seems to be thrown about. Sentinels do not care for any form of life, guys. They are not a good idea. We should not. No,
0: no, no, no. Bad, bad call. But yeah, the fingers start wagging. Wolverine is in Cyclops' space. He's like, we're not with children. I think we
2: should we should do some reading of these dramatic lines. Justice, are you a Cyclops or
1: are you a Wolverine? I'm a, I'm a Cyclops. I never really felt like I could, could get as feral as, as Logan needs to be.
2: Okay, Chandler, you're gonna be Wolverine because right. I, I love doing characters like Emma, but you sir, you sir, are a good Wolverine. All right, where, where should we start? Not with children. We no, can't. let's start one, sorry, one before. We okay. can
0: fight it. That's Cyclops. So Cyclops right, is yeah.
2: standing in front of, of uh, all the children, and Wolverine is facing off with him now. We can fight it. Not with children, we can't.
1: You see children, I see X-Men.
0: Damn it, Scott. Don't play games with me. They're kids, and they're going to get themselves killed. You're
2: scaring them. Good. They damn well ought to be scared. And then if we look at the background, the children are kind of like, ooh, we are going to scare. Yeah, they're like clutching their pearls. <laughs> yeah, and the, oh, the sentinel in the harbor is just ripping through the ship. There's bodies flying everywhere. Um, and, the, and like you said earlier, the dinghy is trying to, you know, escape with the humans inside, but that, that sentinel has one target and one target only. is headed straight to Utopia. Very focused. Ooh, uh, th- this might be
0: my, my line. I
1: think it's a, a, your line.
0: Yeah, I don't give a rat's ass how many sentinels are coming. I will stand here with you till the last damn breath, Scott. You know that. But not with them. Send those kids out of here.
1: And where would you have us run, Logan?
0: We don't have to. We don't, sorry. We don't have time for this. Look at the state of the world.
1: Every country on the globe is oh, what, someone, is openly armed against us. We run now; we will always be running. And at least here, we've still got a fighting chance.
0: Run, and I can live with, so long as those kids see tomorrow.
1: If we run, how many tomorrows you think they'll have left? We drew a line here, drew it in the sand. Remember, this is it.
0: This is a chunk of rock. This is not what we're supposed to be fighting for. I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've kept your secrets. I've lied to my friends. I've killed who you said to kill. I did all that so they wouldn't have to.
2: And then the sentinel is crashing through the waves. More bodies are flying through the air. Oh my gosh, it's scary. Oh, wow,
1: jeez. All right. <clears throat> you think that thing cares how old they are, Logan? You think I'll stop to ask before it wipes us off the map? When you stand on the brink of extinction, you can no longer afford the luxury of non-combatants. You son of a bitch. If you're so concerned about the fighting skills, then teach them. Lead them instead. You blow off every class I assign you.
0: We wouldn't even be in this situation if you hadn't put us in it and your arrogant little games. Ooh, you know <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. The, wow. There the gloves are off. And then Hope <laughs> like off. comes in and she puts her finger up. She's like, um, can we say something? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ooh, and then this is the true schism. This is the moment. This is the moment. Yes. Ooh, all right. Yes, Cyclops. He said.
2: all right.
1: I've heard enough of anyone who wants. I've heard enough anyone who wants to leave Go anyone who wants to fight Stand with me And the schism has
2: happened <laughs> Yes we see where they're facing <laughs> off And then we see another panel Where Wolverine just kind of acquiesces And starts to walk away
0: Yeah and all the kids Remain with Cyclops mm-hmm. They they want to fight they want to protect
2: their home I mean that's What they're trained to do Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. except, you know, that Wolverine wasn't training them and he was just kind of slacking off and he's like, go to your room, you guys. Yeah, exactly. I need to sleep. <laughs> I'm tired. I mean, he's on mission, so whatever.
0: yeah. Anyways, yeah, he's in his room. He's opening his safe. He's collecting his belongings because he's out of here. He's like, <laughs> I'm
2: gone. I love, love the sign that's taped to Logan's door that says, Logan's quarters. Warning, trespassers will be stabbed repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> And guess who comes up and decides to make a scene? Quentin Quire himself. Mm-hmm. Hey, the big him. bad
1: Wolverine. It's, it's like one. he's been reading fables too.
2: Yeah. yeah. No oh my gosh! So meta. <sighs> Here, we'll take this. I'll be. Uh, I'll be Quentin. Okay, I'll stay with Wolverine. Never thought I'd see the day. When the big, bad Wolverine would run from a fight. Didn't notice you falling out for Sentinel duty, Squire. Well, I figured somebody better keep an eye on you. I have no idea why Summer tolerates you the way he does. I want you to know that when I'm leading the X-Men, you can expect things to be different. Whoa, is that a, If what? you're anywhere near as smart <laughs> as
1: you
0: think you are, kid, you'll get the hell out of my way. Or what? You remember the last time we fought, don't you? Yeah. Sneaked Matter of fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, you can hear the screaming of, of Quentin from inside the room. <laughs>
0: yes, outside. We're probably where there's chaos as the sentinels approach. You still yeah. hear the scream. Yeah, so Cyclops, he's rallied the kids. He's ready to stand and fight. And he's like, cause hell on my mark. And then Wolverine shows up in his yellow and blue uniform, and he's
2: holding a bomb. Oh yeah, it's a trigger. Trigger. It it is a thing that if he presses a button, there's going to be some bad news. There's going to be some big explosions because Mm -hmm. there's about 2,000 pounds of plastic explosives all over the island. All he has to do is press that button and everybody gets blown to smithereens. So now the power is literally in Logan's hands. So
0: Wolverine's like, get out of here, kids. I'm going to blow up the island and the Sentinel with it. So we have solved this issue. Nobody needs to fight. And even Oya is like, but I like to fight. And he's like, get out of here. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here, kid. Oh, yes. And, you know, Cyclops wants none of it. He wants to stay. He wants to fight. He wants to keep the land. He doesn't want to back down. He's
2: tired of running. And then let's take this uh, schism fight further. So Justice, why don't you take Cyclops at that by the bottom panel when the sentinel in the background is vastly approaching, way All in right. the water.
1: You think this is noble, what you're doing here? I assure you it's not. Even if you manage to blow up this one sentinel, there are thousands more out there and you'll be casting us right into their midst. Tell me, how is this helping those children? <laughs>
0: We went off track, Scott, somewhere along the way, whenever we started expecting kids to be our combat troops.
1: I never imagined you, of all people, could be so naive, Logan.
2: I'm pushing this button. Walk away, Scott. There is a dramatic pause, and they are staring down at each other, and Wolverine still has that trigger in his hand, and then Cyclops says...
1: "She never loved you, you know. You always frightened her.
0: And if she was here right now... Who do you think she'd be more frightened of?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: They're all gritting their teeth. Ooh. All of a sudden, this whole thing—the underlying issue between their entire relationship—is Jean. Is Jean that is that is what is beneath the surface? Is she worth it? <laughs> <laughs> the schism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, boy, howdy, this pisses Cyclops off so much. He decides to eye blast Wolverine full force and sending him flying backwards, which is not a good idea because he's still holding that trigger. So yeah, no, Scott, obviously Scott lost control. Oh, yeah.
1: Bring up a good point. Not not like the tactical Scott that we tend to know and love.
2: Yeah. Wolverine, like they're, they're hitting each other's tender spots emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, Wolverine pops his claws.
0: Yeah, yeah. He slices up the earth. He flings dirt into Scott's face, causing his beam to get off of his body so that Wolverine can get a lunge in. And then they go at it. You know, punching, kicking, shooting eye beams. This is the fight that a lot of people have kind of envisioned in their head. And I feel like every fanboy has drawn their own Cyclops versus Wolverine (laughs) like sketches at home. So... There's actually a great, uh, what what I want to give a call back to is Uncanny X Men 175, where the Dark Phoenix entity of Madeline Pryor has t- possessed all the X Men and they're trying to take down Cyclops. And he's able to take down the whole team by himself just because he's such a tactical expert, including Wolverine, he's able to take him down. But, you know, so close, you have to stay a, d- a distance away from Wolverine in order to win. And Wolverine's too close to him to take it out like he did in 175. But yeah, the art here, Alan Davis, is really delivers, I find. I love this kind of bounce effect where he shoots oh. his optic beam off the ground to ricochet into Wolverine's face.
1: Classic optic ricochet, you love to see it.
0: Well, what's incredible is that they're so mad at each other that they don't realize that the
2: Sentinel is right above them. Oh. Like, right up on them. They were so into themselves and their, their fight over Gene. And then on this page, we get an amazing shot, just like on the cover with the adamantium claws slicing through the eye beam of Cyclops. Mm-hmm.
1: Simultaneously, it seems like Cyclops is trying to wrestle away the trigger. Yeah. Trying yeah. to stop it. And then,
2: then here's the ominous part, you guys. We see water raining down on them, trickling down on them. Why? Because there must be something overhead. (laughs) Ah, And then the final splash
0: page, what do you see, Justice? Tell us. I see uh,
1: Scott and Logan still, still battling it out over this trigger. Adamantium Claws still trying to find their way through the optic beam. And as these two friends, former brothers, I don't know what you'd call them, at this point, after the schism, they stand beneath a giant sentinel priming up its hand cannon ready to melt the both of them on this tiny little beach on utopia
0: to be continued concluded even to be concluded (laughs) (laughs) yes because this is the penultimate uh issue and then it concludes in the next one and it, when you go into the letter pages, in the bottom right corner, you see the art for the next issue. And it is them so tiny and fighting this insignificant fight, you know, compared to the giant central hand that's hovered above them. I thought that cover of the next issue is incredible.
2: Um, yeah. By the way, I don't know, like this whole letter page. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the person who's answering the fan letters is Jordan D. White? Oh, shout out Ooh, Jordan D. Shout White! Out.
0: Yes, current editor of X Men comics and a guest on our podcast yeah. way back when we did Excalibur number fifty.
2: And back then, Ooh. in two thousand and eleven, he was the assistant
0: editor. So oh, he's moved
2: on up in the world. Well,
0: look at him! We a round love of applause for Jordan D. White. <laughs> we love him. And then on the very back cover, we have our final Adam. <laughs>
2: Live life to the power of 103. The twin cam 103 Greater Power, Greater Freedom. 103 cubic inches of twin cam muscle. Now standard on all touring soft tail and most dyna models. Feel the power, feel the freedom at your HD dealer. This is wow. another Harley Davidson ad.
0: Yeah, I guess they're really pumping motorcycles because I feel like we just did a motorcycle ad in a previous episode
2: mm-hmm. where you could
0: like win a wow. motorcycle or a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So yeah,
2: m- m- more Harley
0: Davidson love. I-, I, you
2: know what this tells me though? What is uh, when we were uh, reading the Claremont era, the ads were definitely targeted towards children. Yeah, cartoon. Yes, <laughs> like Super Mario and Princess Peach giving a kid a, a bubble bath. Yeah, to to hawk a uh, you know bubble bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> but like fast forward to 2011. And they are definitely marketing towards adults, people that are probably in their 20s, maybe 30s. So, you know, it just goes to show that the age of comic book readers has gone up.
1: It's a great observation. It's definitely skewed up.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for bringing this issue to the show. It was so much fun. I had a great time recapping it. With oh, you. I loved
2: it! I loved reading Schism over again. I remember I did read it in 2011-ish, or maybe a little after that. And I and this was a revisit for me, and it was like reading it for uh, with fresh eyes. Um, like I, I'm so glad you picked this issue.
1: It's a lot of fun. It's I know when we were initially talking, you guys said you weren't a whole super familiar with this era. I've gone back and listened to some of your guys' episodes. Um, the Iceman coming out episode, the all new X-Men stuff. So I'm glad you guys are touching upon the area, at least I'm more familiar with, just because like that's the time I was knee deep in these stuff, trying to read every issue that came out on a monthly basis. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been enjoying hearing you guys cover that. And I'm glad that I got to uh, kind of talk a little bit of San Francisco and uh, kind of tied into one of my favorite subjects, the X-Men.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate. Thanks for having me, guys. Time, yeah, and, and, and giving giving us a chance to chat about schism. Schism. X Reads is recorded in Los Angeles. Our
2: theme music is provided by Hook Sounds. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be updated when new episodes appear every first and third Wednesday of the month. Follow us on social media at X Reads Podcast. That's the letter X, R-E-A-D-S, podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.